How are we introducing this one? One of us just start crying and shaking. (laughs) (laughs) Gentry, Gentry, come back. You're de-escalating my adrenaline dump. (laughs) Welcome to the Impact Defense Podcast. We are dedicated to giving you the information that you need to help keep you safe. Now let's join our hosts, Brian, Jada, and Kylie. So last week, um, we did not have a Kylie, and we were discussing a little bit about adrenaline dumps and stuff like that, so we just decided this week to go ahead and kick Kylie off the podcast again. So I'm sorry, you're welcome. I'm not sure. Uh, But she's not here again, (laughs) and Gentry's back with us again, and we're talking about adrenaline dumps. We kind of introduced the subject a little bit last week, and we want to talk about it a little more in detail this week. How do we deal with them? How do we stop them? How all of that mm-hmm. stuff. What does it look like? Yeah, mm-hmm. what does it look like? Because it can look different. Mm-hmm. When have we experienced mm-hmm. them? Mm-hmm. So why don't we start <laughs> with what is an adrenaline dump? Actually, why don't we start with a new story? That too. Yeah. Then we can do that. And an ad. <laughs> <laughs> then we can discuss what an adrenaline dump is. All right. Kylie, what are you doing? I'm playing with the atomic bear flashlight. Why? Because it's fun. Listen, this is my flashlight. If you want your own, go to theatomicbear.com and use the coupon code IMPACTDEFENSE and you can get 20% off of one for you. Can I use your debit card? No. Why? Dad! Dad! Jada! <laughs> Time for the news portion. Okay. So this one is another doozy. Wow. She picks the good ones when you're here, apparently. Mm-hmm. So I appreciate it. Yeah. This one occurred on July 1st of, I'm pretty sure, last year. So this one takes place in Canada. Not um, Florida. Not Florida. Or Brazil. But you would think this was Florida. Um, Yes. (laughs) She's losing it already. Police in Canada are investigating after a... Well, let's just get into it and we'll get into the interesting part through the story. The incident occurred on July 1st when police responded to reports of an altercation between four women. The altercation started after two females in one vehicle confronted two vehicles in the second vehicle regarding being cut off in a drive through You said two vehicles in one vehicle and two vehicles in another vehicle. Two women in one vehicle and two women in another vehicle. Okay. I was visualizing and I lost my place at that point. There's so, two yes. cars sitting in the front seat of one car. <laughs> Okay. Sorry. Okay, sorry. The altercation started after two females in one vehicle confronted two females in the second vehicle regarding being cut off in a drive-thru. One video circulating on social media shows the moment the argument breaks out. The two vehicles are stopped with their wings right against each other as one driver roared through the window at the other before the two began exchanging blows. But the second video filmed by a motorist waiting behind shows one of the drivers grabbing the other's puppy by its leash and dragging it by the neck towards her car. Wait, there's a dog? Yes. I'm confused. There was wings in there, too. (laughs) Probably door to door. Anyway. Okay. um, I'm just going by the wording in the article. But yeah, I don't know how many Canadians listen to our podcast. I haven't looked. You can cut that part out. Nah, it's all good. I don't mind. It's you. Would someone else like to read the no. story? 
tracking what's going on at this point. Sort of. Kind of. Pretty much. So they're sitting kind of door to door, yelling at each other. And someone got cut off in a drive-thru. Yes. Okay. Where'd the dog come in? Well, they the doors were open and they were now outside of their vehicles exchanging blows. And one grabs the other person's dog and starts dragging it towards their own vehicle. So they're going to dog nap. Apparently. Okay. Except when the owner pursues her to try and get the pet back, the one who stole the dog swings the tiny dog by its leash like a nunchuck, smashing the terrified animal into the side of its owner's head. Screaming frantically, the owner tries to grab the poor pooch back while the first driver continues to swing it by its neck, finally whipping the owner with the other end of the leash when she eventually lets go before walking away. Neither of the women wanted to press assault charges. When the police arrived, however, following outcry after the circulation of the video on social media, investigators took things into their own hands. I'm assuming this wasn't like a pit bull or something. Along those I'm lines. assuming no. not. No, it said tiny dog. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> Jay's just like, um, I'm never reading a new story ever again. Yeah. Just, we're not being a good audience for you. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Continue. No, this one's just like kind of shocking. and mm-hmm. just, just There were initial reports of a dog being involved, but the extent was not clear at the time. Officers checked on two dogs in one vehicle, and they appeared to be in good health. Uh, the police explained their statement on Saturday. The severity of the actions against the dog were not known at the time. However, they became aware of the video and said they are now investigating it as a case of animal cruelty. Hmm. Yeah, it, it, yeah, it should be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There is the video. Oh my gosh. The dog's oh. bigger than I thought it was. That is horrible. Yeah, and there's the owner, like, tucked in and turned away. Wow. Then they checked that dog, and that dog was okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was surprised. Can we talk about how giant that girl is? Yeah, she's huge. Yeah. Not, like, huge, but, like, mm-hmm. Yeah, like Viking. She's, like, seven foot tall. Yeah, and the other one is tiny. Or maybe just normal-sized. I don't know. <gasps> but, yeah, wow. She's, like... Female Hulk. It takes a lot to sling a dog like that. Yeah, she just slung the thing around like it was nothing. That is. I hope oh. the dog was wearing like a harness and it was yeah. riding by that because I couldn't picture the dog being okay if that was by a collar. Mm-mm. You know. Yeah. But maybe if it was a harness, that, that is would explain not an improvised okay. weapon that we would, would suggest, suggest ever. No. No. The cannon. That was one thing. Not the dog. Not like the that. The dog was another. <laughs> Oh, wow. Okay. I told you it was another doozy. Mm. I don't know where these are coming from. Okay. So, adrenaline dumps. I'd imagine she would have a extra bag of bag, bag, bad adrenaline dump purely to Maybe that poor her. dog had an adrenaline oh, dump. I'm sure. Mm. It's but like, like, oh, it seemed fine. It's like laying in the corner like... <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, that it was is just taking horrible. a nap. You know, and we, I think, we, I don't know if we've discussed it or not. I'm not a big pet person, but let me tell you, if I had a dog and spider swinging around like that, I would be really, really pissed off. Mm-hmm. Is introvert crashing anything like an adrenaline dump? <laughs> I don't think. Not quite, no. It's, a, it's the same level. Anyway. <laughs> That's just more like an internal exhaustion compared to an adrenaline yeah. dump. So, adrenaline dumps. What do they feel like? Like shaking, 
even if you seem okay, like at that point, like you know you're fine, but then afterwards you're just like really shaky, had trouble articulating things, can trying in- to remember. Can include crying. Oh, can include Feels can. kind of frantic, like you're just mm-hmm. in a state of frantic, even mm-hmm. though there's nothing going on at the moment. They, like you're out of control because your mind is okay sometimes, but usually your mind is okay, but your body's reacting in a way that you can't control. Mm-hmm. Almost like shock. Yeah. You ever been in shock? Mm-hmm. No. I have. Mm-hmm. All right, so I, I crushed my hand in a piece of equipment where I used to work, and I remember sitting there as I'm bleeding profusely from my wrist, thinking, oh, so this is what shock feels mm-hmm. like. And yeah, adrenaline dump can feel like that, just not as bad. Mm-hmm. Or not as major. So yeah, um, You feel weak. Weak. Sometimes, yep. like, freezing cold. Mm-hmm. I've had adrenaline dumps where I was extremely cold and sweating profusely, and then other times when I didn't experience that. Yeah, but. and basically, an adrenaline dump can like happen after any kind of very stressful kind of situation, mm-hmm. um, or even maybe like an exciting kind of situation, mm-hmm. depending on like the whatever. And those two feelings are very different. The adrenaline dump for one is different than the adrenaline dump for the other. Yeah, I think the severity of the situation is a huge, makes mm-hmm. a huge difference as Sometimes well. It changes it, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I'm thinking about like for me, like I've had adrenaline dumps in several different situations. Um, I'm trying to think about like some of my fights and stuff like that. I know I've had adrenaline dumps after some of those. Um, my I used to fight when I did some of the smokers that I did. Uh, it was smaller in, you know, it was it's within schools usually that had a ring or a cage or something like that, and you would go to the go to it and do a fight. Um, they were always kind of like smaller in nature, so like you would have the fight and then you have there would be an adrenaline dump afterwards, but it wasn't like bad, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, my first big MMA fight, I go in and um, I happen to be the because I did have some experience in the Southern Mass, and uh, and also the guy I was fighting. We were the it was a pro am kind of thing, so you would have your your amateur fights, and then they would lead up to a certain point, and then you had professional fights after that. Excuse me, I was like the amateur main event, whatever kind of crap, mm-hmm. and um, I went out there. And I got my nose broken. I ended up winning the fight. You know, everything was done. But, like, after it was over, you know, that was the first time I had fought in front of, like, a big crowd. Mm-hmm. And uh, it felt weird because it's funny. Because, basically, when we would do smokers, it was like a few schools would get together and hold something in one school. And you would all just kind of go in. And, like, sometimes you would know who you were going to fight beforehand. Sometimes you would not. Um, sometimes you just kind of show up and go like, oh, okay, that's that dude right there, you know. I fought everybody from just Joe Blow from this one dude school to uh, a cop from a city uh, one time uh, to, you know, just different things. Um, but, like, in this one, like, I had, like, 12 weeks to prepare, you know. It was really weird. There was this big crowd, you know, walking in. People actually cared to, like fist bump the fighters as they're walking in and I remember walking in like fist bumping people I thought this is weird you know <laughs> you know and then I get in there get my nose broken basically right off the beginning of the fight uh, win in the first round 
everything's fine, taking pictures, talking to people on my way out, talking to some people in the crowd. Um, uh, we were, it was like the clear, like fight of the night and all this kind of stuff. So I got to hear all this wonderful, awesome stuff. But then I go back to the dressing room and my entire team, we had a team like dressing room and backstage and we went in there. I went back there. Everybody else was kind of like hanging out, talking because all of our guys won that night, which was awesome. But I just go back there and just sit down for a few minutes. And I'm sitting there probably 10 to 15 minutes completely by myself and just like it hit. Mm-hmm. And that was probably, at least in my fighting career, that was the biggest adrenaline dump I've ever had. I felt completely weak. There's no way that I could have fought a second time. There were some times where I fought a second time in some of the smokers that I did. Um, went back out and fought again, fought somebody else. I fought one dude twice one night. Um, but, like, it didn't, it never really felt like that one did. And I think it was just the crowd and everything else. But I, I, I was, like, shaking a little bit, and I felt really super weak. And I was honestly just a little bit worried because I'd never really experienced, like, an adrenaline dump quite mm-hmm. like that before. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know, like, what to expect. My body had been through shock before because that was after I crushed my wrist and that was the closest to it that I'd ever felt. Mm-hmm. But like it was it was really, really weird. I think the first time you really experience that, it's almost kind of worrisome. Mm-hmm. As I continued to fight, you know, it didn't get nearly as bad. My next fight was nowhere near as bad as that one was. There's always an adrenaline dump. It's just always like mm-hmm. your body starts to get used to it a little bit. Mm-hmm. So, what were the symptoms of your adrenaline dump? You were shaky? Shaky. I felt it was super weak. Okay. Um, I guess I had my nose broke, so my thinking was, at the moment, I thought, man, did I get so, hit, hit so hard in the head that I mm. had a concussion or something like that? These these thoughts started going mm. through my brain because I had never, like, experienced... Yeah. I've been hit in the head a lot, mm. you know? Uh, I, I did a lot of fights before this, but this is the first time. Like, it just became legal in North Carolina. Mm-hmm. So there was this whole new growth thing in North Carolina. And so all the fights that I had fought in before that was nowhere near on the magnitude. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was just not, I don't know, I wasn't really prepared for that. Um, so when that adrenaline hit or dropped, mm-hmm. it just, I didn't know what was wrong with me at first. So that was immediately like, and I'm not somebody who usually sits around going like, oh, crap, you know, something's wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not usually me at all. But I'm in that situation thinking like, oh, did I end up with a concussion? Because, I mean, like, I got my nose broken. I got taken down. And then the guy starts pounding right in my face. Bang, you know, hit me in the face. Uh, where I ended up with a couple cuts around my eyes and some other things. So I started to wonder, like, mm-hmm. hmm. But, like, everything was fine. Uh, you know, they check you out after the fight. So I was cleared. Everything was fine. No problems. Um, and then I, you know, went on. I've experienced adrenaline dumps as long as I can remember. Mm -hmm. I've performed since I was four years old, and so that's something that I was used to. Mm -hmm. Um, So did they get less and less, and, you know, did something bother you? Until I realized what they were, they got worse because because I I had no idea what was wrong with me. I would be really excited for a performance coming up, and then I would experience the adrenaline dump, but I didn't know what it was. I just thought I was getting sick or something was just wrong with me Mm. immediately after a performance. I never really understood what it was until I was probably preteen, 
early teen when I realized what it actually was. Um, there were other dancers that were a couple years older than me, and there was this one that always seemed so angry and distant before performance. Never could figure out why, because she was the sweetest, most lighthearted person normally, but she was just angry, weird before performance, is what I thought. Mm -hmm. And one day I asked her, I was like, what's wrong with you? Aren't you excited? She's like, no, I'm avoiding an, a, an adrenaline dump. I'm like, what do you mean? She said, I don't, let, I don't let my adrenaline go up as I get excited for the performance or while I'm performing. She said, I, I will not allow my adrenaline to go up, then I avoid the dump after. And I'm like, okay. So I started trying it. And to a certain degree, I was able to do the same thing. Mm -hmm. I, I still get that adrenaline dump if I perform, but it's not like it used to be because I, I can pretty much cut it off. I just ignore everything that's going on. Now, yeah. the night before my black belt test, there's a picture Jeremy took of me that night. And I saw this picture probably a week ago, looking through pictures on his phone. And there's a picture of me sitting in the yard and I'm sitting here and I'm looking off to the side. And I know exactly the feeling that I had in that moment because I remember that night. We were sitting outside trying to distract ourselves because we knew our black belt test was the next morning. Mm. And that, that is the only thing that was going through our minds. And it was like we had had multiple adrenaline dumps already that day when we talked about the test coming up the next day. And just that we were already at a point where nothing had happened yet, but we were completely drained. I, there was times I was shaking. It was, mm. it was weird. It was weird. I had never experienced that before something had happened. Yeah. Um, now, obviously, the one after the test the next day was much worse yeah but you know but that was that was an interesting thing for me because i'd never experienced them beforehand but the worst one i ever had was definitely after um i was in the grocery store with my four kids and the four men came up and surrounded us yeah that was definitely the the worst one that one um as soon as the men left i was i was shaking i was weak i couldn't think clearly um, and you saw me hours later and I was still not right. Yeah. I mean, mm -hmm. Yeah. The moment you walked through the door, I knew mm -hmm. it. Yeah. I, I mean, it just, it was shocking to me how long that one lasted. And it's funny when you recount situations like that, mm -hmm. you can still feel that oh, like yeah. adrenaline oh, yeah. feeling, that adrenaline mm -hmm. dump feeling whenever mm -hmm. you talk about yeah. mm -hmm. that situation, it comes back. But as y'all have noticed, the more that mm -hmm. I told that story, yeah. mm -hmm. Yeah, because it, it's I, I desensitizing felt like, me to that story. Look, look at her, just like I, sneaking that in. Just like, yeah. You remember because neither one of us could say the word desensitization. Desensitization. Yeah, I remember that. Okay, you were looking like really weird at the moment. No, I just have a thing here. It's desensitization. <laughs> My brain was like talking about one thing, so like it was oh, fast so. forwarding to later on in the podcast, and then like whenever y'all had you, did you catch that? And I had to go back and replay what you said <laughs> in my head, gotcha. and so I, I, I get what you were saying, but mm -hmm. only about like three seconds after you guys yeah. said it. I got mm -hmm. you. So it's just a delayed reaction. But yeah, yeah, because I felt like such a heel when I've asked you so many times. Because we were sitting there, we've done women's uh, pre uh, abduction prevention, we've done these other trainings and stuff like that, women's self defense, and all this other stuff, and have asked you to retell that story and on the podcast. And and I felt like a heel every time, but it was such a good. I mean, it's a horrible situation, right? But it's such a good example, right? And it was very clear. Yeah, everything was, like, was clear. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
and and like all of that. And I've asked you to, to retell that story, and I felt like it healed every single time. But I can also say that yes, I have noticed like the first time you said it, you basically almost cried your way through it. The second <laughs> basically, time, I thoroughly cried my way through it. Yeah, I know. It. <laughs> the second time there was maybe a, a few little tears, and it and was more of a voice time, cracking, and then it's yeah, uh, it was yeah. like, and, and it's like it's getting you know. So now it's like yeah, it happened. And I also and it listen, like and you it, don't yeah. have that same flashback. And it also and the emotional part of it. Every time you retell it, you're able to separate a little bit more emotionally yeah. from it. To this is this is the details of it. This is actually what happened. Not so much of the yeah. Uh-huh. So in our last podcast, we talked about um, one of the like I gave the example of when I had to go find my buddy. Um, when he chased down somebody that stole from the store that we both worked at. That whole situation like that mm-hmm. used to, when I would retell that story, yeah, there was definitely an adrenaline dump after mm-hmm. that because I thought, these dudes are going to jump us. Mm-hmm. You know, the kind of stuff that was said to us and everything else. But in that process, when I'm sitting here and as I was retelling that, I would experience that same mm-hmm. kind of emotion. But for me, it was a different emotion. Mm-hmm. I was angry at my friend because he was in the situation and he kept saying the wrong thing. Uh-huh. So when I would retell the situation, I would get mad again. Mm-hmm. And, I would, and I was like, just shut up, you know, mm-hmm. kind of stuff. But so, yeah, I, I kind of experienced, mm-hmm. you know, and then now it's just like, yeah, this was the thing and that's what he did. And, mm-hmm. you know, and I understand he was like really emotionally involved at that point in time because he was there for several minutes before I got there mm-hmm. with lots of threats and all kinds of other things that were going on. And now he was like super emotionally mm-hmm. involved and he didn't have the same kind of training that I did to kind of like separate yourself emotionally mm-hmm. from that situation. Mm-hmm. I think it's interesting that Gentry brought up performing as far as that goes because it's a different kind of thing i think it's different when the stakes are not high like Uh when it's not life or death or Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. threat to your body and it's just um Mm -hmm. like performance thing Mm -hmm. because you've danced since you were like four Mm -hmm. i was on stage singing since i was four Mm -hmm. and i always thought it was interesting Sorry, I just had this this image of you singing while I'm dancing. Never mind. Continue. (laughs) You can cut that out. Like, the thing was, I was never... I never got used to being on stage. Mm -hmm. I've never been someone who wanted to be, like, performing. I've never been as much of a performer, especially when it comes to just being alone. I've never wanted to be alone, Mm -hmm. like, performing, you know? Which is weird, considering I like public speaking. Um... (laughs) <laughs> but I like teaching specifically. Mm-hmm. That doesn't give me the adrenaline thing. But performing does. Or a presentation does. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, the, singing, the problem is, whenever the stakes are not as high, my adrenaline dump comes in the middle when I realize I'm fine and doing a good job. <laughs> um, <laughs> Sorry, so, that's not a good time. Jay. No, it's <laughs> not. It's terrible. And I just thought... It, like, you talking about it kind of, like, clarified that for me. It may not just be, like, nerves in the moment. Mm-hmm. It's, like, I build it up. I have the nerves beforehand mm-hmm. in, the, in my mind build up. And then in the moment when it's over here, like, okay, I'm actually doing this. Everyone's responding. Well, oh, crap, here it comes. Yeah. And then I start, like, shaking and everything. And I had this experience recently because I was asked to sing at a funeral um, just a couple weeks ago. And I hadn't actually sung on stage in three years. Um... And I was going through it, and I was just over here going, why am I getting this 
same feeling that I had after uh, after escaping like two guys, you know, in that parking lot situation. If yeah. you didn't hear that story, you can go back to the last podcast. But uh, I got that same mm-hmm. shaky, can't hardly speak thing, but in the middle of a performance, mm-hmm. you know, and it was just a really bad time. And it's just, it, it's, it's interesting, the difference, because mm-hmm. when the stakes aren't as high, I tend to have it at a bad time, you know? <laughs> right. It's like, oh, yeah, I'm fine. There's no threat to my, like, mental ability. It's like, I'm, I'm, I'm good. Well, but your fight or flight it's... is not in play at mm-hmm. that moment, mm-hmm. too. So Yeah, mm-hmm. at that moment that I, like, resign myself to it's fine, mm-hmm. it uh, definitely, that's when the adrenaline dump happens, and it just happens to be in the middle of a performance for me. See, like, all the time. Not, and that's why I hate performing on stage, is that I can't seem to shake that. <laughs> I never really thought about that, but it's true, and now, now I kind of hate she's not here. When you were talking about that, you know, Kylie, you, you said you've been dancing since you mm-hmm. were four. You've been singing since you were four. Kylie was competing in martial arts competitions oh. since she was like three or four. Um, and like, I watched her at times. There was a certain point, like go back when she was younger. Mm-hmm. There was no adrenaline dump. There was no nothing to that child. She just was like there. And when she was fighting, she was just and fighting and just walking off. When she got a little older, Mm -hmm. I watched all of that start to happen. Mm -hmm. And now, especially, when she decided to kind of like stop, which I'm okay with because it cost us a lot less money Mm -hmm. every month not going to competitions. And especially the level she she was competing at um, started to get very costly. Mm -hmm. Uh, But anyway, you know. I started to see that moment she would go up there. Sometimes she would have the adrenaline dump basically as she's about to start. Mm. And that was like the worst times. Mm. Uh, and then she would have the adrenaline dump afterwards. And you could just see it. She was just like completely drained. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she would go up there. She would do the thing. And she would just completely drained. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also something else you were talking about. And it was, you know, you're talking about your the, the one girl who was like... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm like that before every time I compete, but that's more like just mental focus. Like, mm-hmm. let's I, I get into this certain box right mm-hmm. before I compete. Yeah, you can't do that mean face thing though when you're singing on stage because it changes your <laughs> voice. <laughs> it's funny. Yes, the only thing I've the ever thing. competed in was combative and Nate. Well, no, no, I take that back. Well, I mean, it depends on what you think about baseball, and basketball. Uh, you know, you're competing to win, so it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Well, but, when yeah. you're good at something as a young kid, there's a certain amount of pressure on you to do that mm-hmm. thing. And I may have been good at singing, but I was not good at singing on stage. Like, never. Because for me to get into a zone where I didn't have the adrenaline dump, I had to be, like, determined. But whenever someone finds out that, you know, you're nervous or they can see on your face that you're (coughs) behaving differently than you normally do, they start to try and calm you down. Mm -hmm. Like, you don't seem to understand. If you calm me down, I'm going to be shaking all over the place. Mm But you can't stop someone from doing that, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're over here like, you're doing it for Jesus, you know? Like, and all of this. <laughs> like, I just need you to shut up. Like, you don't seem to understand. It's like, shut but then, up in Jesus' name, please. And the problem is, you know, after you do that performance, everyone wants to come up to talk to you and congratulate you. And so you're sitting there trying to keep on this persona when you're not good at conversation in the first place. You know? Oh, yeah, no, I understand And that. so, like, these people come after you. And for me, at this funeral, I was sitting there afterwards, over here, like, I forgot that people come up and talk to me after I've sung. I and so these I people dance. that were this this woman's, like, closest friends, as soon as I could you get know, backstage, have to fight, come up I to me too. afterwards and say, like, she was my best friend. She was so excited you were going to sing here and all of this. And I'm just sitting here, like, I don't know what to say. 
trying really hard to keep from completely crashing and mm -hmm. continuing to shake and all of this. But it's really hard to do that when you're expecting me to have conversation. <laughs> yeah, but it, yeah. it's... I got to the point where I will, after I dance, I will avoid people, as, unless it's people close to me that, for the most part, won't open their mouth. Um, I will either sneak back into a seat somewhere where nobody notices me, or I will just stay completely out of sight until most people have left the building, because I don't like to deal with. I couldn't do it because it was a family funeral. Yeah. <laughs> right. I know funerals are different. <laughs> so, um, yeah, and I, yes. hate, I hate that. But, yeah, it is different. Like, mm -hmm. it, you have different adrenaline rushes for different things, and you're talking about the excited adrenaline mm -hmm. rush, you know, the one you get when you're excited for something. Mm -hmm. Like, there's a difference between the dread adrenaline rush mm -hmm. or the, like, oh, yeah, fight true. or flight. There's a dread adrenaline rush, mm -hmm. a fight or flight adrenaline rush, and then there's the excited adrenaline yep. rush. And I think about that feeling after you go mm -hmm. on. Like, for me, it was, like, after a roller coaster for the first time. Mm -hmm. I'm an adrenaline junkie when it comes to a excited adrenaline mm -hmm. rushes. You know, something that's going, I know it's going yeah, to be fun. Like, but it's also <laughs> dangerous, you mm -hmm. know. And I hadn't like done anything you know fun and dangerous for a while and then someone took me to a theme park and i got to ride roller coasters for the first time okay and i the fury and carowinds you know is the tallest one and i got to ride it in the front for the first time i did too so it was face down and you see the giant fall and you get to go through and you got to the end and you know everyone else around had the like scared adrenaline dump you know and i had the excited one and when i have an excited adrenaline rush it's like i can't stop talking and i'm bouncing all over the place and it's like i have to find something to do with all of my energy it's like crazy it's like you're fueled you know you feel like you know that image in lilo and stitch okay have either of you watched yeah. that one recently <laughs> not you know, recently where she's drawing it's like this is where your energy level should be mm -hmm. and here's where it is mm -hmm. that's the feeling <laughs> <laughs> Supercharged. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> or like that movie Hoodwinked where they give the squirrel coffee. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. One of my favorite scenes in any animated video, uh, movie. Uh, I love that one. I think it's hilarious. All right. So how do we deal with it in, in a situation? How do you get better? You have to experience it more. Yeah. That's the sucky part about it. You got to experience it more. And... Like, we can do things where we can deal with it during the situation. And I think in that moment, and I don't remember if I mentioned this in the last podcast or not, but I think our main thing is not necessarily to stop the adrenaline dump. That's really super hard to do. You can, it can calm down. It can not be as bad. Mm -hmm. But our big deal in that is to be able to work through whatever the situation is before the adrenaline dump happens. Mm -hmm. Like you were talking about with singing, stuff like that. we got to figure that out. And the best way to do that is to, like... Do that stress scenario mm -hmm. training. Do that kind of stuff. Especially when we're talking, we go back to, we're talking mainly about self-defense here. Um, so you got to get it where you can make it through the situation and then and then, then deal with the dump. Mm -hmm. Okay. The only way for those dumps to lessen and lessen and lessen is to do experience it more and more and more and experience the real thing more and more and more. Mm -hmm. uh, unfortunately, uh, that's not good when we're talking about self-defense. So just expect it to happen. You're going to have that adrenaline dump, mm -hmm. okay? Because I don't suggest in any way for people to go out and say, like, let's go start a self-defense situation, put myself in a bad situation so I can experience it. We, we don't want in any way suggest anybody to go out and say, okay, let's put ourselves in a really dangerous situation, 
hope that some self-defense situation happens so I can be better prepared if another self-defense <laughs> situation happens. That's not a good plan mm-hmm. by any means. So it, the whole idea, you need to train so you can work through that self-defense situation and then just experience the adrenaline dump and work your way all the way through it before the adrenaline dump happens. Mm-hmm. And I think that can be trained. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the best things for me is whenever you find that oh crap moment, you know, even if you're usually pretty good in training scenarios, you know, you can put yourself in that mindset of this is just for training. And so you don't have the same adrenaline as you do. You're in a learning mindset. Yeah. There are still going to be some things. There has to be something in training that will give you that oh crap moment. Well, and that oh crap moment gives you times. it. Well, yes. But for me, like I had not experienced that oh crap moment in here in one of our self-defense things. Until one day, like, I was good through all the gun defense stuff. A lot of times you'll see people when we're doing gun defense where they have the the training pistol yeah. pointed at them mm-hmm. and they have the old crap moment yeah. of, oh, what if this were real? Mm-hmm. And they get that fight or flight thing yeah. and start to just, you, you'll see them either go into condition black mm-hmm. or perform really well, you know, you, you kind of see how they react to it. For me, I didn't get that. I was in a learning mindset. I was able to put myself in a learning mindset until one scenario where it was like a hostage thing. And you had me like, actually, like you had me in like the half clinch and you had a gun to my head like this. Mm. And it was just like, that gave me the old crap. I was like, oh, huh. Because I had never seen it before, and yeah. all I had really had was, like, you being here, you being behind me with the gun to my back, but I had never had someone, like, holding my neck while pointing a gun at my face, yeah. you know, to the side. I was just going, huh, so that's what this feels like. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's a certain amount of violence <laughs> and something like that that makes you think a little differently. Um, I think that's where experiencing... Being able to recognize that adrenalized feeling from other aspects of your life will help. So going, go ahead and right now start thinking of the points in your life where you've experienced adrenaline and train yourself to recognize it. Mm-hmm. So recognize it in the past so you can recognize it in the present, you know. And in that moment, I was able to slow down and say, okay, I know what's happening, you yeah. know. Mm-hmm. I know what I'm experiencing right now. And I was able to slow myself down. I was like, okay, go back to the learning mindset because this is a training opportunity. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, and it calmed me down. And I was able to ask, I was like, okay, so what do I do from here? Mm-hmm. Because I don't know. Mm-hmm. And he talked me through it. Mm-hmm. And I was able to get through it. But I definitely, like after it was over, had a... <sighs> <laughs> A whole thing of just, oh my gosh, that was way more real than that should have been. <laughs> and you know, find those things. Like, think about yourself as, because I didn't expect it. When you're training, you're going to find those scenarios. Just It might happen when you least expect it. You might have some inkling. Like, maybe if you've had a past situation that um, was actually dangerous, like a self-defense situation, mm-hmm. and then you experience something in training that's somewhat similar... You know, you have the you have the trauma s- sensation where it brings back the adrenaline, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so that could give you an idea of what will cause it, uh, what will trigger the adrenalized state. Um, but if you haven't had those, you may not know what's going to. Mm-hmm. And the only way to find it is by training all of those different things. Um, and that's where training comes in to help because 
I had the advantage of knowing I was in a like mm-hmm. safe point, but um, I had never thought about that happening before. Yeah, it was just I'm a what if person, and mm-hmm. so a lot of the things we train in here are things that in my head I've already gone through as a what if scenario right. in my head. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had never even considered that before. Mm-hmm. Never thought about it. And so when it happened, I was just like, oh, there's no sense of preparation. I'm just... Right. One in the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's why training is so important. Because I, especially if you're not a natural what-if person, mm-hmm. going through training puts you in what-if scenarios. Yeah. I think the what-if situations, people are kind of scared to let their minds go there sometimes. And, you know, I like to be prepared. Mm-hmm. I think we're going to do a podcast on that in the future. So um, if that's a topic that interests you, you know, be on the lookout in the future because we'll probably do a podcast on that pretty Mm -hmm. soon on what if scenarios. Yeah. But what if scenarios really help you prepare for the adrenaline, Mm -hmm. you know? Yep. Um, But familiarizing yourself with adrenaline in the first place and having it almost as an old friend, Mm -hmm. you know? It's like, oh, here it comes. (laughs) Okay. Yep. We'll be fine. Mm-hmm. It's still that old friend that's still a little bit unpredictable, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> yeah. You never know what to expect. Wonder what they've gotten themselves into now. That's mm-hmm. what adrenaline kind yeah. of is. Yeah. Yeah. It's Thank interesting. In, let's say you're handling an adrenaline dump after a situation. It might be good to give some tips on things that help with that. Mm-hmm. For me, it's physical exertion. Like, I have to be doing something. Something has to, like, help me release all of the pent-up energy because that's what adrenaline feels like to me. It's just Mm -hmm. I'm overflowing with energy in one way or another. Yeah. And so, like, we had a situation here at the school with someone, you know, watching the kids, you know, an adult not quite acting right. Mm -hmm. And we had to be ready for if something happened. So, yeah, somebody come in off the street, we had to... They were asking questions about classes. Everything seemed kind of normal. And then they just sat down and decided to No, it there. didn't seem normal. They were asking weird questions. Well, no, no. Like at the very beginning, before you or I, the one were involved. Yeah. The, everything seemed normal and everything. And then all of a sudden, he just plopped down and sat there and watched the little kids. And um, it changed very quickly at that point in time in which uh, Jada went upstairs to try to kind of deal with the situation. Dude wouldn't leave. So I ended up going up there and... Uh, sitting down, we ended up having to make him leave. Yeah, I was being nice. You know, I was still in the nicely suggesting, yeah. giving him an opportunity to leave. You know, yeah. um, and then Brian being downstairs, I didn't have to be the foot. You know, that kicked him out the door. <laughs> <laughs> so. so I was like, I was free to be nice. You know, but I was still. I like I said, I struggle with coming down from the adrenaline rush, and mm. so whenever he left. Brian just sees me pacing. Like, I can't yeah. get my mind back on the classes because I'm still in that other I, state. And I think different people deal with it differently. And also, like, you can experience it different ways at different times. Mm-hmm. Um, I know, like, for me, after the fight, you know, it was a... I felt just like I was carrying an extra 100 pounds. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was just... It was rough. Um, and I just didn't have the energy to go forward. Um, after other fights, it was like not nearly as big of a deal. Uh, we went out for food afterwards, all this other stuff. So, you know, you never know 
really exactly what you're going to Yeah, know. what kind of adrenaline dump you're going to get. Yeah. Because, like I said, after the... Well, I mean, after the one scenario in the parking lot, it was a crash of I did feel weak and mm-hmm. I wasn't sure what to do with myself, you know? Mm-hmm. After the one in here, though, it was different. I had backup. I was really energized. Yeah, and, and I so wonder sometimes... It, yeah, it changes. I wonder sometimes if it's not the severity of the situation as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I'm not saying... You know, I'm in a ring fighting another dude. My life is probably not at stake. Sure, people die in the ring, but that's not what the things are going through my brain uh, at this moment or even afterwards. But that fight, that really, uh, okay, in that moment, the first time I experienced that, it was just like, in your situation where you were talking about that, you, you were completely exhausted and everything afterwards. And that was kind of a scary situation. Is that how you felt like after... I know you were very, when I saw you, you were just like, it was the emotional thing. But like right after, did you feel um, like, was you like personally like exhausted, like out of energy, all that? Yes. Could barely continue walking through the last aisle of the grocery store to to finish what I needed to do. And usually mentally, it doesn't bother me that bad. But in that situation, (laughs) I was overwhelmed mentally with the... How would I actually have proceeded yeah. if this situation had not ended the way it did? How would I have actually been able to handle this situation? Because there were four men. I knew I could have handled one. I felt confident that I could have handled two in that situation if necessary, along with help from my older children. The fact that there were four, my brain couldn't... It was like I hit a point and I couldn't process anything. It was just... I'm trying to finish this. I'm trying to do this. And my whole body is just, I'm shaking and I can't hardly move or breathe. My experiences have been very similar. And I've thought about that over and over again is what made the difference. What makes the difference. Mm -hmm. And for me, I think having a protector instinct Mm -hmm. changes things a lot. But it also changes on whether or not you think you could have fixed Mm -hmm. something. Right. Because for me... In the parking lot situation was one thing because Mm -hmm. the reason I think I was so exhausted afterwards, Mm -hmm. you know, and it was the I feel weak Mm -hmm. was because there was the unsureness of knowing whether I could have done something or not, Mm -hmm. you know, because my whole plan relied on if something happens, I'm probably, I'm going to do my absolute best, you know. Mm But I'm also, I was also alone. So I was the one I was protecting, not other people. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was two against one. So there was always the what if, could I actually get out of this? You know? And so that made me feel weak Mm -hmm. of the unsureness. Yeah. Okay. It was different whenever I was in here and I was putting myself in between the kids Mm -hmm. and a possible threat. But another difference was I also knew that my backup was right there. Yeah. You know? Mm -hmm. And so I didn't really have a question on whether or not we could handle it. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. It was the anticipation of will I have to. Mm -hmm. So there was I mean, he was was just right in front of a window. You could just keep him straight through. (laughs) There was no no fear there. Yeah. Yeah. Like, for me, in the other situation, the fear took place afterwards. Mm -hmm. Okay. In this situation, there was no fear involved at all, which is where I think the energy came from. It's like it was just pent-up energy that I had Mm -hmm. to do. And so I think the actual fear and unsureness causes um, 
caused me weakness there. Mm-hmm. You know, that's where my weakness came right. in. But whenever I was confident that we could handle it, but it was just a matter of like how it's like oh how he's not ever t- he's not ever going to get to one of these kids mm-hmm. that is not happening right. and I knew like mm-hmm. it was I was very sure that it wouldn't mm-hmm. but it was also the adrenaline of if my body was like actually going mm-hmm. to have to do something right. to physically do it and there's mm-hmm. that like shaking and mm-hmm. jumping like and yeah. so whenever. I was expecting to have to expend that kind of energy and expecting mm-hmm. the adrenaline. It all dumped after everything was over, but it was uh, extremely energized kind yeah. of thing. Mm-hmm. Of where, what do I do with all of that energy that my body was preparing to use? Mm-hmm. And so I handled it by like, <laughs> I wore those kids out in the later <laughs> classes. Because we were doing the warm-ups, and I'm over here, like, doing, like, o- over 100 jumping jacks and not feeling anything. It's like, that's not working. Let's try push-ups. And, <laughs> and, the poor then, children we, are going and then we sparred, and I just, like, I basically did everything in every other class after that because I was trying Jada's to... like, I saved you from a guy doing no, push No, it, it was just... It was, I had to do something with that energy, but yeah. those poor kids didn't have that kind of energy. I just needed to get rid of it. Um, <laughs> and so there was that. I do think if you're protecting someone else makes a difference. It does. And if you're actually sure of how it would have gone, you know? Yeah. I think it makes a difference mm-hmm. on how that adrenaline dump comes into play. Mm-hmm. That, that's just what I've noticed for me. I don't know about other people. I was just trying to find the commonality there, mm-hmm. or if there was a commonality. I was trying to find and see if there was. Um, that's That was that kind of thing there that I was mm-hmm. looking for. Is there something that was kind of, and it was like, yeah. you, you think about it like in that moment when you're unsure, uh, where you may be in personal danger, mm-hmm. hit the close button. Cause we should be, we need to wrap this Does sucker up. Remind me to tell you something about that situation. Later. Okay. So if, you know, finding that commonality between, so it looks like if you have, you know, a combination of like, you know, a threat, a possible threat to your mm-hmm. personal or someone around you's safety, uh, combined with the fact of where like some fear of not really knowing how it's going to go, mm-hmm. then, you know, these things kind of tend to exhaust you more than like other types of adrenaline dumps that mm-hmm. may leave you like with all this extra, uh, you know, pent mm-hmm. up adrenaline. That's, like yeah, that. that's my fear, theory. It's fear combined Sounds with good. not knowing how it could have gone. Mm-hmm. You know, that I think brings the weakness afterwards because it went well, but there was so much unsureness. And when you yeah. look back, there was still so much fear involved, mm-hmm. um, even if you handled it well, you know? Yeah. And I think whenever you look back and there's not fear of how it would have gone, it's completely different because mm-hmm. I think it can turn into just what do I do with this energy now? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Anyway, yeah, I mean, the adrenaline dump is probably going to come. You just kind of have to deal with it. Um, good or bad, it's just something you're going to have to learn to work with and hope and, well, work and train your way through to get past the adrenalized state and work through that so after it's all over, then you can just experience the dump the best you can. Mm-hmm. And hope you don't have to be into any situations where the adrenaline dump does not get bad enough. Because that kind of sucks, too, if you think about it. Mm -hmm. Guys, thank you very much for listening to the podcast, watching it on YouTube, either way you take it in. Uh, Make sure to check us out on YouTube. 
Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, all that kind of stuff. Share the podcast, uh, rate the podcast. All these things help us out tremendously. Visit our sponsors. This also helps us out tremendously. Uh, check out like uh, anything. We have coupon codes with a few different companies. Uh, all of those things can be found in the descriptions. Thank you very much for watching and or listening, and we will see you in the next one. Stay safe. Stay alert. Bye, Bye. guys.